You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Lauren Smith, host of the Conversations Over Coffee interview series. With me today is Reese Smith, professor at the Eisenhower School for National Security and Resource Strategy at the National Defense University in Washington, D.C. Prior to his professorship, Reese served as the Chargé d'Affaires from the U.S. to Ireland and the Director of the Office of Science and Technology Cooperation in the Department of State. Welcome to WRFH, and thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Lauren. Happy to be here. You've had some unparalleled opportunities to travel the world while working for the Department of State. You've had tours in Islamabad and Sarajevo and Dublin, just to name a few, and you've also worked at NATO. I think that's a life many Hillsdale students dream of pursuing after college, so let's rewind the story to while you were in college. What was the first job you took after graduation, and how did that influence what you decided to do later? Uh, The first job I took was consulting with one of the big four consulting firms, and I was doing international trade and customs consulting. And I guess that gave me the flavor for international, and I I knew I wanted to pursue a a career in international affairs. Um, I took the foreign service exam and passed it and, uh, you know, just really relished the opportunity to serve my country. And so that motivated me to leave the private sector and and go into public service. Nowadays, you're a professor at the Eisenhower School for National Security in D.C. So what do you teach and how did your foreign service career prepare you for teaching? Well, right now I'm teaching national security strategy and policy, which really fits in perfect with my uh, foreign service career. So it's really a mix of all the big foreign policy issues facing the United States right now, whether it be Russia, China, whether it be um, climate change or terrorism or the Middle East. And uh, my career really perfectly prepared me uh, for this. Um, The State Department has a very strong relationship with uh, the National Defense University, and we have a a lot of uh, diplomats serving over there as professors and students. Suppose for a moment you're talking to a student who wants to pursue a career similar to yours. What's something you recommend they do while they're still in college, whether that's, you know, take a specific class or find an internship or learn a second language? What would you tell them to do? All of the above. Um, I think all of the things you just mentioned would be great. Um, In addition to that, I would just recommend reading widely, Um, reading things such as The Economist or Foreign Affairs Magazine, staying up to speed on on international affairs, that will help prepare you to take the the Foreign Service exam, which is a prerequisite to, to, to get into the Foreign Service. So going back to your time in the Foreign Service, you know, I had the opportunity to visit you while you served as the Chargé d'Affaires to Ireland, and I remember your lovely house in Dublin and your excellent dinner parties, and you gave us an amazing tour of the U.S. Embassy. But I know there was a lot more to your day job that we didn't get to see. So can you tell us a little bit about what your life was like there? What was a day in the life of the Chargé d'Affaires to Ireland? Well... What is a chargé d'affaires? First off, I mean, my official position at the embassy was as the deputy ambassador, but we didn't have an ambassador at the time, so I served the dual functions. So I served as the acting ambassador, but also as the deputy, which meant I had a dual role. On the one hand, the ambassador is doing all the outside work, meeting with the prime minister, meeting with different ministers, handling um, all of the business between the United States and Ireland but also doing public events, hosting public events, 
um, for example, the big Fourth of July party we host every year or cultural events that we host. So that's one role. But then also I was doing the dual role. So I was running the embassy, really doing the management of the embassy at the same time. So it's quite challenging to do two jobs at once, but um, it was a time I really enjoyed. What were some of the issues you faced while you were there, whether diplomatic or you mentioned some of the events that you hosted? What were some things that came up that you were in charge of that you maybe enjoyed or found memorable? Well, um, one of the things, Ireland is one of the only countries in the world that has a standing annual meeting with the president of the United States. So I would travel every year with the Irish prime minister, which is called the Taoiseach in, in Ireland. And so I would travel over uh, to D.C., and we did three separate meetings with the president. But it wasn't only uh, the president. Uh, Ireland's kind of got a, a front-row ticket for everything in D.C. So we would start out with breakfast with the vice president, travel to the White House for a meeting at the Oval Office, then travel to Capitol Hill uh, for lunch with the Speaker of the House, then back to the White House for uh, a St. Patrick's Day reception, and uh, then there would be a whole host of meetings throughout the week. It was really a great opportunity for Ireland to strengthen the relationship with the United States, and it was just fascinating to get to do it. And I got to participate in, in those events for three separate occasions, plus the president also traveled uh, over to Ireland uh, for a visit. So watching that high-level diplomacy between two world leaders uh, and being part of that, helping prepare the meetings, uh, for me, that was the real highlight of the tour. That sounds really interesting. Now, I know that was only one of several tours for you, so which one was your favorite and what stood out about it? Well, I mean, there's uh, it's pretty good being at the top, Lauren, so I think Dublin was my favorite tour, but I think you're driving at what was my second favorite tour. That would probably be Macedonia, which was my first tour, and there's nothing like the first time. Um, you know, being a, a junior officer at the embassy for the first time was quite an experience, and, and I really uh, just, just loved Macedonia, beautiful country. Was foreign language fluency a prerequisite for living in other countries, or did you pick up a little of the native tongue while you were living there? Uh, it really depended. Um, for about half of my assignments in the State Department, they actually came with language training, where you could train from anywhere from six months to two years to prepare for your assignment. And so the State Department trained us really well. Now, some countries I didn't have language training, but I chose to try to learn the language anyways. For example, in Ireland, uh, learning the uh, I Irish Gaelic language, um, really, uh, even though not a lot of uh, Irish speak it as a first language, still they, they saw it as a sign of respect that I learned the language and put effort into it. So it was a worthwhile endeavor, uh, whether the State Department trained me or I learned on my own. What languages do you speak? Was Irish the hardest? No, not it, Irish is challenging. Uh, it's a very old language, and it has some unique uh, grammatical um, structures in it. But no, it wasn't the hardest. I would say Arabic was by far the hardest language I learned. And Arabic, what I studied was the modern standard Arabic, which no one actually speaks. So it's almost like you're learning Latin in order to go to Portugal. And so the, you know, I was learning Arabic and I went to Lebanon 
And the Lebanese dialect is so different than modern standard Arabic. I felt like I was starting almost all over again. So I feel like Arabic's almost like a um, a, uh, a family of languages, and uh, I, I think that makes it incredibly challenging. Thank you for joining me over coffee on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Lauren Smith, and with me today is Reese Smith, professor at the Eisenhower School for National Security and Resource Strategy. Prior to his professorship, Reese served in the Department of State. Now, there are obviously some pressing diplomatic questions on everybody's mind right now. Let's just take the most obvious, Russia versus Ukraine. You served at the U.S. mission to NATO as the action officer in the NATO-Russia Council. So I'm interested to hear your perspective on this issue. The news has covered every aspect of the Ukrainian war, from its effect on gasoline prices to Putin's attack on Ukraine's energy sources. But given your diplomatic background, what events or issues have been most interesting to you? Well, that, that's a great question. Uh, when I was serving in the NATO-Russia Council, we had worked on those issues, and the issue of Ukraine and Georgian membership in NATO were key issues when we both worked there. And it's interesting to see how um, that, that conflict has evolved and developed uh, over the years. Um, a fascinating case study between relations between Russia and NATO. We recently had a paper prompt assigned here at Hillsdale College for students who attended a four-day course on Russia. I'm paraphrasing quite a bit here, but the prompt essentially asked students to speculate on whether Russia was pursuing imperial ambitions, as Biden claims, or defending itself against Western encroachment, as Putin claims, or maybe the reality is something in between those two extremes. And obviously, we can't see into the mind of President Putin, but maybe his actions give us a hint. What do you think? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, first off, I, I think it's when when a country has a, a president who's been in power for, for too long, they start to lose some perspective on things. And I think Putin has, has been in, in power, you know, since uh, largely since 1999, whether as president or, or, or prime minister. Um, so I think that's a, a one key point. But, um, you know, there's a lot of debate whether uh, the question that you asked. But, you know, a lot of people could could speculate what NATO's actions did, did to influence Putin. But I think Putin would be a dangerous dictator regardless of NATO's actions. So if NATO had never expanded, I still think, we, you know, Russia would, would be causing problems uh, and giving its neighbors a hard time. So I, I put the blame more squarely on, on, on Russia on this one. As a member of Hillsdale's journalism department, I often hear students say they don't know where to find reliable reports on international news. So where do you get your daily news and what publications do you recommend for students who are interested in international affairs? You mentioned already sources like The Economist, but what are some other specific ones? I love foreign affairs. I think it's it's quite good. Um, I, I recommend getting your news from a variety of sources, not just one. I love The Economist. I, I I particularly think it, you know, it's a British publication. It gives very interesting perspective on on the United States, um, you know. But just reading good, good, um, well-regarded uh, papers, I think, is important. You know, I mean, you could get maybe a more liberal perspective from the New York Times or a more conservative perspective from the Wall Street Journal. But I think those are reputable um, 
uh, sources to, to read. Of other international diplomacy issues besides Ukraine versus Russia, which one do you find most important or interesting right now? I would say the most interesting question facing the United States right now would be would be China. Um, and I, I think what happens in Ukraine uh, could be very important for, for how we deal with China going forward, because, you know, what we see Russia doing in Ukraine, I mean, could very easily happen with China and, and Taiwan and, and the United States would be thrust into that. Uh, crisis as well. So I think China is um, the most interesting foreign policy issue facing the U.S. right now. Thank you for joining me over coffee on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Lauren Smith, and with me today is Reese Smith, professor at the Eisenhower School for National Security and Resource Strategy. So what was it like being the director of science and technology during COVID? No, it was fascinating because for a while, I actually, for about five months, was the Deputy Assistant Secretary of State overseeing the Global Health Office and the Space Office, in addition to the Science and Technology Office. So it was fascinating. I learned so much and uh, uh, really it was a heck of an opportunity. How did COVID affect international issues? You know, I know we talk a lot about you can't travel between borders and all those kinds of things and gas prices go up and there are supply shortages. But how did you see that play out? Yeah, it was it was really tough. With my job, I would have had the opportunity to travel to 15 very interesting countries and quite a few countries on my bucket list, such as Japan and Israel. And, my, you know, my travel was greatly limited. Um, I only went on one international trip on in two years at the very end. Um, but several trips were canceled. And, uh, you know, we we managed with um, Zoom and other tools, but it's just not the same. Um, you know, the in-person um, diplomacy, uh, there's a lot of advantages. You mentioned Japan. What are some other places you would like to visit? I've never been to Australia. Uh, I'd like to do some more traveling in Asia. And um, I've never been to sub- Sub-Saharan Africa, so I would love to uh, take a visit and maybe go on a safari one day. That sounds like an amazing travel bucket list. Now, one last question for you. Of all of the places that you've been, whether that's for a job or you were just touring there for fun, what was your favorite? What did you find most interesting about it and why? Well, probably the the best for me was Ireland. And being an Irish-American, having the chance to serve there as act acting ambassador was just an amazing experience. Um, And then, you know, the people are just um, special Um, and uh, the history and and whatnot and the ties between the United States and Ireland um, are some of the strongest that we have in the world. And, you know, taking care of that relationship for three years was really an honor for me. This has been an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you, Lauren. To our listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Lauren Smith, host of the Conversations Over Coffee interview series. And with me today was Reese Smith, professor at the Eisenhower School for National Security and Resource Strategy and member of the Senior Foreign Service.